Hey everybody, welcome to Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. I'm Matt Landis, and in this episode, we'll work through the NFL Week 15 board through the lens of the best football gambling podcasts, plus some original analysis. We'll also talk some beer and break down some bets, so to kick it off, let's dive into what we're hearing. Loud noises! This week, I've listened to the most prominent handicappers on the best NFL betting podcasts, and this episode will feature insights from 10 bettors across six podcasts that totaled about 10 hours worth of listening. I'll distill that down to about half an hour of the most actionable takeaways, including five bets across the point spread, teaser, and prop markets. So let's get to it and run through the Week 15 board. First up on the board, Game 1 of a Saturday doubleheader, Buffalo at Denver, Bills laying 6, total 49.5 as I record this Friday morning Pacific time, and we had three likes on the Broncos, Matthew Holt making them his best bet, and Steve Fezzik and RJ Bell rounding it out as a consensus play on the Dream Preview, one like on the Bills, they were Suma's best bet on the Matchbook podcast, and one like on the Over, coming from Drew Dinsick on the Matchbook and Deep Dive podcasts. On the Broncos side of things, Matthew Holt said he likes their strong recent form, RJ echoed this point, and Matthew Holt added the Broncos have been running the ball well, that could take some pressure off Drew Locke in this one. He also added a narrative in play. The Bills could be flat off back-to-back primetime games, including a win last week over the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Fezzik touched on this as well, and Fezzik also added in his handicap for the Broncos, the Bills on a short travel week, going from Sunday night to the first game on Saturday. On the Bills side of things, Suma likes them up to 6.5, both as a way to get in play against the Broncos and on the Bills. In terms of the anti-Denver notion, he says Drew Locke has had one good game this season, otherwise he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and he ranks near the bottom of metrics such as expected points added per dropback and the pro football focus passing grades. On the pro-Buffalo side of things, Suma has a lot of overlap with Drew's handicap for the over, so getting into that, Drew mentioned he sees the Bills' offense and Josh Allen as being for real, and the Denver secondary in shambles, Bills' offensive coordinator Brian Dable has shown a willingness to scheme up game plans to exploit an opposing weakness, so that's where Drew's over and Suma's play on the Bills really seem to overlap, but one point Drew made playing the over instead of the Buffalo side. On the other side of the ball, he thinks the Broncos are going to be trailing, and that forces their offense to be aggressive. He thinks they'll be able to score in this one as well. Up next, the nightcap on Saturday, Carolina at Green Bay, Packers minus 8, total 51.5, two likes on the Panthers, Drew, as well as TA on the Sharp Angles podcast, also two likes on Green Bay as a teaser leg, Fezzik on the Even Money podcast, and Andy Molitor from the Deep Dive podcast. On the Panthers side of things, Drew notes Teddy Bridgewater's been great as a big underdog, he seems like a pretty low variance quarterback, and his wide receiver core starting to look healthier, DJ Moore in line to return to action in this one. Drew also notes the Packers' defense has been a fraud in his opinion, and TA presented a virtually identical handicap on the Panthers. Looking at the Packers' teaser side of things, Fezzik liked pairing them with the Patriots, and Andy also on board taking Green Bay down through the key numbers of 7-3. and three. Moving on to Sunday, Houston at Indianapolis, Colts laying 7.5 with reduced vig, total 51, shaded to the under. One like on the Texans, that came from Matthew Holt. He notes Brandon Cooks likely back in this one for Houston, and that could be a boost for the offense. He also likes that Deshaun Watson continuing to assimilate to new wide receivers and the absence of Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills. 
Up next, Detroit at Tennessee, and this one's mostly off the board as we await word on Matthew Stafford's status. We're also not sure about the status of the Lions center. He apparently suffered a fractured throat last week, and we knew football was a violent game, but this takes it to a whole new level. Certainly not a sport for the faint of heart. There is some Titans minus 11 out there, total 51 and a half, and we had one like on the Lions at this number, and that came from RJ. He mentioned a couple narratives in play, the Lions playing hard for their interim head coach, and Tennessee possibly being in a flat spot. Next game on the board, Tampa Bay at Atlanta, Bucks laying six, total 49.5. Two likes on the Falcons, they were RJ's best bet, and Adam Chernoff on the simple handicap also looking Atlanta's way. One like on the Bucks, Fezzik on even money. On the Falcons side, RJ said he likes to fade Tampa Bay in this game. They had an underwhelming win last week, and he thinks the Bucks are overrated. Adam also implying a like on the Falcons, with six simply sounding like too many points. On the Bucks side of things, Fezzik's looking to fade Atlanta. He says Matt Ryan's arm strength appears to be shot, and he also likes the spot for Tampa Bay. Their last road game was more than a month ago. They had a late season bye, so he expects them to be the more energized team on Sunday. And taking our talents to South Beach, New England at Miami, Dolphins laying one and a half, total 41 and a half, one like on the Dolphins, Matthew Holt, four likes on the Patriots is a teaser leg, Fezzik, Andy, RJ, and TA, and three likes on the under, the Hitman and RJ on the Dream Preview, and Fezzik on Even Money. On the Dolphins side, Matthew Holt points out a trend that they've historically played well against the Patriots, but I'd like to push back on that a little bit. The Dolphins have had a lot of different coaches when looking at this trend over the years, and of course the Patriots have had a different quarterback behind that trend, so the common denominators don't really seem to apply so well. Matthew Holt also touched on some narratives, a must-win spot for the Dolphins, with the Patriots coming off a dream crusher, and he noted the Dolphins' defense underrated in his eyes, and on the other side, he thinks two has been better than expected. I don't put any stock in those narratives about the must-win spot for the Dolphins or the dream crusher for the Patriots. If the Dolphins were that good, they wouldn't find themselves in a must-win spot. And as far as the Patriots are concerned, yeah, they can forget about the playoffs, but their players still competing for contracts and their careers, and Bill Belichick about the last coach we'd expect to lack motivation in any circumstances. And I want to be clear about this because we'll hear a lot of narratives over the final few weeks of the regular season about teams in must-win spots against teams out of the playoff picture. Keep in mind, if a team's in a must-win spot, then it must not be very good. And even for teams eliminated from playoff contention, there's still plenty at stake when they step between the lines. Alright, so shifting the focus back to this particular game and looking at the Patriots as a teaser candidate, Fezzik pairing them with the Packers, and Andy, RJ, and TA also on board to take them up through the key numbers of 3 and 7. As far as the under goes, the hitman pointing out that when New England has the ball, it's the worst pass offense in the league against one of the best pass defenses, so the Patriots should be run heavy, and when the Dolphins have the ball, they're going to be without starting wide receiver Preston Williams and running back Miles Gaskin. We're also not sure yet if Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, and Mike Gesicki will be able to play, so the Dolphins possibly going to be down their top three wide receivers, plus their best running back and their best tight end. Fezzik pointed this out in his case for the under as well, and T.A. applied this logic to his teaser with the Patriots. The hitman also points out two has been underwhelming in his eyes, and Bill Belichick has quite the track record when it comes to shutting down rookie quarterbacks. T.A. touched on this point when making his case for the Patriots in a teaser as well. RJ adding to the under that with both offenses limited, the Patriots basically being unable to pass, and Tua being limited to passing inside the numbers, we have two good coaches in this one who should be able to put a game plan together to exploit the offense's limitations. 
And I really like the teaser angle here with the low total increasing the relative value of each point we get in taking New England up through a touchdown. And the value of each of those points really gets magnified with the love for the under from the hitman RJ and Fezzik, plus the quick pick section at Dimers.com showing a nice 6% edge to the under. Up next, Seattle at Washington, Seahawks laying 6, total 44.5, 4 likes on the Seahawks, Drew making them his best bet on the Matchbook podcast, as well as Andy, Fezzik, and Adam. And quick note, all these likes came when the line was 5 or 5.5, but I still think it's okay despite the tick up to 6, because Alex Smith didn't practice again on Thursday, and if it's Dwayne Haskins at quarterback for Washington, this line should be even higher. Drew said this point spread underestimates the gap between the two teams, and he likes the Seahawks offense to hit some home runs in this spot. Yes, the Washington defense has a strong front seven, but a very vulnerable secondary. Adam echoed this point as well, and Drew said he likes the Seahawks to use Russell Wilson's mobility to open up a huge edge with big plays downfield to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Drew also made a parallel to Seattle's strong offensive production last year against the 49ers, who also had a strong pass rush but a spotty secondary, and on the other side of the ball, Drew said if Alex Smith goes, he's not making mistakes to kill Washington, but he's also not making the plays needed to match the Seahawks score for score. Adam touched on this point as well. And the last point in Drew's handicap, if it ends up being Haskins at quarterback, even better for Seahawks backers. And that's a thought shared by Andy, Fezzik, and Adam. Andy also added the Washington defense has put up some big numbers lately, but this represents a big step up in class. Adam touched on that point as well. And Fezzik added, Washington overrated in his eyes, coming off their last two wins. Two weeks ago, it was a horrible spot for the Steelers on a short week. And last week, two defensive touchdowns propelled Washington to a win over the 49ers. Next game on the board, Chicago at Minnesota. Vikings laying three with some extra vig. Total 46 shaded to the over. Three likes on the Vikings. Fezzik and RJ on the dream preview, as well as Adam. One like for the Bears, Matthew Holt. On the Vikings side, Fezzik sees some recency bias behind this number. Everything seemed to go right for the Bears last week in their big win over the Texans, and they deserve an upgrade, but the look ahead here was Vikings minus six, so this three-point adjustment seems like way too much. RJ noted, also a head coaching mismatch, Mike Zimmer against Matt Nagy, and Adam seeming to see eye-to-eye with Fezzik, the number too short in his opinion. On the Bears side, Matthew Holt said Mitch Trubisky seemed to be a spark for the offense, but I feel compelled to note, we've been down this road before, that spark from Trubisky can just as quickly turn into a sinkhole. Next game on the board, Jacksonville at Baltimore. Ravens laying 13 with reduced VIG, total 47.5. One like for the Jaguars, Fezzik making them his best bet on the Dream Preview. He says for the Ravens, it's their fourth straight short week. This will be their fourth game in 18 days. And for the Jaguars, Gardner Minshew returning to action, representing an upgrade at quarterback. Up next, San Francisco at Dallas, 49ers laying three, total 45, two likes on the 49ers, Drew and Andy. I'll note they took the opener at a much better number, they do still seem to like it at three, but I'd recommend considering a reduced amount if you're looking to lay the full field goal on the 49ers. Drew points out the 49ers defense can generate pressure and that could be a problem for Andy Dalton, similar to what we've seen with Jared Goff against the 49ers in recent seasons. Drew also thinks there's some recency bias here, weak opposition, making Dalton look better than he is over the past few games, and from a coaching standpoint, major mismatch, Kyle Shanahan scheming against a Mike Nolan defense, massive edge to San Francisco, Andy shared that sentiment as well. Moving on to the late window on Sunday, Jets at the Rams, Rams laying 17, total 43.5. No action on this one, it's a huge number to lay, and nobody's too eager to bank on the Jets, so let's move on. Philadelphia at Arizona, Cardinals laying 6.5, 
total 49 and a half. And we do have some action on this one. One like on the Eagles, Dave Essler on the dream preview. Two likes on the over, Drew and Adam. On the Eagles side, Essler points out he thinks Jalen Hurts is an upgrade over Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense healthier at the skill positions. Drew made this point in his case for the over. And Essler also notes the Cardinals defense could be a liability and they could face some challenges prepping for the unknowns with the Eagles offense running a new scheme under a new quarterback. Looking at the over, Drew said he makes his fair price 52 or 53. He says the Eagles defense going to have a big challenge on its hands with cluster injuries in the secondary. Rodney McLeod and Avante Maddox on IR and Darius Slay in concussion protocol for the second time this season. Slay did return to practice on Thursday, but only as a limited participant, so his status is still up in the air. And when the Cardinals are on offense, that depleted secondary for the Eagles could open up some big edges in the passing game. The Eagles unlikely to have any answers for the Cardinals' best pass catcher. Drew also likes that Kyler Murray got back to running last week, so there's that dual threat dynamic in play. And on the other side of the ball, Drew notes Hertz eliminates a lot of the negative plays Wentz couldn't avoid. Adam also mentioned looking toward the over when this total was 48.5 earlier in the week, so you may want to consider a reduced amount if you're looking to play the over at the current number of 49.5. Up next, Kansas City at New Orleans, and this one might not be in primetime, but it's without a doubt the marquee matchup of the weekend. Chiefs laying three with reduced vig, total 51 and a half, and we had some big Friday morning news reports surfacing that Drew Brees on track to make his return and start for the Saints, so we're starting to see the line move in their direction, but we do have two likes on the Chiefs, Drew and Matthew Holt, also one like on the Saints, Suma. Note that he got plus three and a half with some extra vig, so consider a reduced amount on the Saints given the current price if you're looking their way. On the Chiefs side of things, Drew noted he thinks the Saints defense is overrated. They got exposed in Jalen Hurts' first start last week, and a lot of the good numbers they've put up recently have come against weak opposition. And the matchup in this one, he thinks the Saints defense lacks the safeties and linebackers to cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. On the other side of the ball, Drew doesn't think the Saints can keep up with the Chiefs. He expects Drew Brees to be rusty, likely not 100%. And I also think it's worth noting Michael Thomas didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, so if he goes on Sunday, he could be limited. On the Saints side of things, Suma countered Drew's take on the defense, dismissing their result last week because of the unconventional scheme the Eagles ran, and with it being Hurts' first start, there were some unknowns. But I've got to side with Drew in this one. I'm not sure what the Saints defense could have been expecting other than what they saw, a lot of short passes and running plays. And Suma also having a different take than Drew when it comes to the matchup of the Saints defense against the Chiefs offense. He likes the New Orleans pass rush to get pressure without blitzing, and that's a key against the Chiefs, especially with their offensive line banged up. Kansas City likely down to its third string right tackle, and I'll add that the way injury reports are trending, the Chiefs might be missing both starting tackles on Sunday. On the other side of the ball, Suma thinks Breeze returning unlocks upside in the passing game, and I think we all have to concede Breeze is better than Taysom Hill, but that's a low bar, and that upside could be capped if Breeze is limited or rusty, and especially if Thomas is hampered. The Deep Dive also had a secret podcast play in this one. Chiefs team total over 27 at minus 120, although the best I'm currently seeing is 27.5 at minus 115, so consider a reduced amount if the team total is still worthwhile at the number since it's moved off the key total of 27. Some closing thoughts on this one. There's a narrative going around that the Chiefs continue not to cover point spreads even though they're winning outright, and I think that narrative's going to change if the Chiefs can maintain their level of performance. Last week, they outgained the Dolphins by 2.5 yards per play. They went minus 3 in turnovers. We know turnovers tend to regress to the mean, and the Chiefs only lost against the spread through the back door last Sunday. There's a much narrower back door in play this week at the number of minus 3.
Alright, it's going to be quite a drop-off from the possible Super Bowl preview in New Orleans to Sunday Night Football Cleveland at the Giants, but as they say, it is what it is. Browns laying 6.5, total 44, one like on the Browns, that was Drew, although he took that at minus 5, consider a reduced amount if there's any value left at 6.5, also one like on the Giants, that came from RJ. On the Cleveland side, Drew notes Baker Mayfield is blossoming under new coach Kevin Stefanski, and the Cleveland defense, a liability at times, but probably not in this one, the Giants' true colors were revealed last week, and there's some uncertainty about who's going to start at quarterback for the Giants. Drew thinks it's a minimal difference either way, either a limited Daniel Jones or Colt McCoy under center. On the Giants side, RJ took plus four and a half, so there's been a strong line move against him. He took it based on a narrative that it's a letdown spot for Mayfield after back-to-back strong showings, and he also had an assumption that Jones would be in and not hobbled at quarterback for the Giants, and to his credit, he did back off that assumption based on some more recent news, but he still seemed eager to fade the Browns in this spot. And capping off Week 15 with Monday Night Football, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, Steelers laying 13, total 40 and a half shaded to the under, two likes on the Steelers, Fezzik and Adam. Fezzik notes this is the first full week of rest in a long time for the Steelers. They're actually going to have an extra day going on Monday night, and he thinks the Steelers going to be able to impose their will on the Bengals. Adam also likes the Steelers, noting Joe Hayden likely back to shore things up in the secondary, and Adam calls out, there was a similar price for Miami against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago, and this is a considerably worse matchup for the Bengals. It's a step up in class to the Steelers' defense in Adam's eyes, and Adam also notes the Bengals dealing with significant injuries on both sides of the ball, Brandon Allen dealing with a bone bruise on his knee, and Geno Atkins placed on IR. Alright, that'll do it for the Week 15 slate. You know what that means, it's time for a beer break. Let's dive into what we're drinking. And this week we'll change things up a bit and take a trip to the dark side, going with Shadow of a Doubt Imperial Porter by Russian River Brewing Company in Santa Rosa, California. Shadow of a Doubt is Russian River's homage to local film noir. It's named for the Alfred Hitchcock thriller shot in Santa Rosa in 1943, and Shadow of a Doubt comes in at 9.6% ABV. The appearance, fitting for its film noir inspiration, pitch black with a thick tan head, and it goes well with the black and white train station shown on the bottle label. That's a nice nod to an iconic scene from the movie. I'll post a photo of the beer in the bottle on Instagram, at Props and Hops. When it comes to the aroma and flavor of Shadow of a Doubt, it's a classic winter warmer, roasty with notes of chocolate, tobacco, raisins, and spice, and the mouthfeel silky smooth with a medium to full body and moderate carbonation. So overall, you could argue the only miss on this one is the name. My wife consistently laments Russian River passing on the play on words to call it Shadow of a Stout, and I think she's got a point. This one could easily pass for a stout. Nevertheless, it's a fantastic beer. Bonus points if you drink Shadow of a Doubt while watching Shadow of a Doubt. And this weekend, I know it's going to be a lot of watching football for most of us, so let's build out the Week 15 portfolio and move on to what we're betting. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. But of course, there is gambling going on in here. And when we're gambling, we might as well give ourselves the best odds to succeed. To do that, I'd recommend you check out the best odds section at dimers.com. By doing so, you can shop for the best numbers at legal U.S. sportsbooks. Just head to dimers.com best-odds, and I'll drop a link to this page in the show notes for easy reference. 
Now digging into this week's bets, three sides in pocket. First up, the Seahawks minus six at Washington. I make it good for eight tenths of a unit at the current number and bump it up to a full unit if minus five and a half or better becomes available again. I think this is a free roll on inept quarterback play for Washington, whether it's Dwayne Haskins or a hampered Alex Smith. And on the other side of the ball, it's a big step up in class for the Washington defense. There's a stout front seven, but a vulnerable secondary looking for the Seahawks to exploit that weakness. Also in play on the Vikings, minus three, I make that good up to minus 115. Playing that number for eight tenths of a unit as well, looking to make it a full unit if minus three becomes available at minus 110 or better. It's largely a numbers play here, as there seems to be an overreaction to the Bears' performance last week when everything seemed to break right for them. This number should be closer to the look-ahead line of minus six for the Vikings. Also backing the Chiefs at minus three, I make that good at minus 105 or better. I think we get a free roll here on Drew Brees being rusty or not fully healthy. And on the other side of the ball, the Saints defense has been getting lots of love lately, but the Chiefs can expose their secondary. And I also think the Chiefs performance is a better signal than the noise we're hearing about their recent trend of not covering point spreads. One last note on this game, no rush to bet the Chiefs right now. The line may be headed to minus two and a half, and I like it for 1.2 units if we see that number. Otherwise, consider the minus three up to minus 105 good for one unit and after we had no shortage of teaser options on last week's board one teaser in the portfolio for week 15 that being the Packers taking them down to minus two against the Panthers tied with the Patriots taking them up to plus seven and a half at the Dolphins and even though the teaser options aren't as plentiful this week I really like this selection making the play for 1.2 units in the first leg the Packers are the clear better team at home, we're basically asking them to do little more than win outright. And in the second leg, the Patriots and Dolphins have the second lowest total on the board. That implies less variance, and that increases the relative value of each point we get when taking the Patriots up through a touchdown. One more note on this teaser, I like getting in play on teasers with staggered kickoff times. In this case, if Green Bay covers the first leg, I'm looking to play back the Dolphins minus one and a half for about 25% of the amount being placed on the teaser. This could open up a wide middle opportunity with a Dolphins. Dolphins win by anywhere from a field goal to a touchdown, cashing both tickets, the teaser and the Dolphins against the spread bet. And we might be able to get the Dolphins at an even better number if the Packers cover the first leg, because it looks like Patriots money might keep coming into the marketplace as kickoff approaches, so I'd recommend teasing the Patriots while you can. They may not last long in teaser territory, with teaser territory being defined as a point spread that crosses through both 3 and 7 if you move at 6 points in either direction. And of course, putting the props in props and hops. One prop this week, Panthers-Packers, shortest touchdown under one and a half yards. I make that good up to minus 165. This game has the highest total on the weekend board. It's about even with the Chiefs-Saints total, as well as the Lions-Titans total where that one's listed. And here's the weekly reminder, more points, good for more touchdowns, and more touchdowns, good for the odds of more one-yard touchdowns. From a matchup standpoint, I particularly like this game. With an angle on the Packers, similar to what we talked about last week, this prop for the Packers, in fact, has cashed in 10 of their 13 games this season, and I see some signal behind those numbers. The Packers' offense, not limited to the ground game at the goal line, Aaron Rodgers has seven one-yard touchdown passes this season, and the Packers' defense, not all that stingy, they've allowed eight one-yard touchdowns already this season. And on the other side, the Panthers, no stranger to one-yard touchdowns themselves, and their offense getting healthier, while their defense can be quite forgiving. All right, so a quick summary, three sides, Seahawks minus six, Vikings minus three, and the Chiefs minus three, one teaser, Packers minus two paired with the Patriots plus seven and a half, and one prop, Panthers-Packers, shortest touchdown under one and a half yards. 
And last but not least, the Malinsky Minute. And this week, for the second time this season, we turn to Bruce Springsteen, but for the first time, we turn to his lyrics. I got your guitar here by the bed, all your favorite records, and all the books that you read, and though my soul feels like it's been split at the seams, I'll see you in my dreams. And as that last line would suggest, these lyrics come from the song I'll See You In My Dreams. Bruce and the E Street Band delivered an epic performance of it on Saturday Night Live last weekend, and I think that would only further cement their status as Dave's favorite. And maybe it's that Dave's 60th birthday is coming up on December 30th, but I've been feeling his loss more than usual lately, so that SNL rendition hit me like a brick wall. From a betting standpoint, Dave's insights were unparalleled, and it feels like just last week that our Wednesday night ritual was to record the House of Yards podcast together, but these lyrics are a nice reminder that betting was just the tip of the iceberg when it came to Dave. He brought out the best in music, reading, seemingly everything else good about people and life in general. Tying this in with the line of the song about favorite records, I think this song and others would make Bruce's new album, Letter to You, an instant favorite for Dave. And also the line about all the books that you read. I literally have Dave's personal copy of Thinking and Bets by Annie Duke. He'd recommended it highly in the Point Blank column he wrote. And having combed through it a couple of times, I can say there's good reason for that recommendation. And of course there's the line, my soul feels like it's been split at the seams, and more than two and a half years later, it still hurts like hell to have lost Dave as early and suddenly as we did. So tying things all together, we've all lost someone and experienced indescribable pain. Sometimes it just hurts, and all you want is some comfort, and that's okay. I'll see you in my dreams is a welcome respite when that's what you need. Alright, so that'll do it for this week's episode of Props and Hops. I hope that's not too much of a downer to end things on. I try to keep things positive, but it's also important to be genuine and keep it real. Thank you so much for listening. If you found any value in this episode, please share it with a friend who could benefit as well. Now let's get out there and enjoy Week 15 in the NFL. As a quick programming note, I'll be back a couple days early next week with a Wednesday episode before Christmas. And until then, let's bet well, let's drink well, and let's be well. I got the old kids. 